0: Praise God for the reading of His Word. You may now be seated.
1: We are still on series break. We will go back to the book of John next month in February. But for now, let's look at the writings of Luke The title of today's sermon is Witnesses to the remotest based on Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 11. Luke, the writer of the Gospel according to Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. He wrote Luke and he wrote the book of Acts. Well, he didn't call it Luke. It's the scholars after many years when they were saying this, Luke wrote this and Luke wrote this. What do we call it? So some of them just call it Luke. But it's Luke who wrote wrote the letter. And many would say Luke is part one and Acts is part two. Luke seems to be the center figure, not seems, but the center is Jesus Christ, his teachings, and his life, suffering, death, and resurrection, and the final statements. And Luke has his version of the Great Commission, which we studied last week, which is directly instructing the apostles that they are witnesses to what he taught, that the Christ should suffer and die according and rise again, according to the law of Moses, according to the prophets and the Psalms, meaning the Old Testament. The Old Testament is a shadow of things to come, or the one who was to come, Jesus Christ. Now, the book of Acts is the narrative of how the Holy Spirit and the apostles together, with the power of the Holy Spirit, spread the gospel from the Jewish world to the Gentile world, and the Gentile includes us. Meaning, as far as Luke could remember, they were trying to push it as far as possible in the Roman world. And of course, tradition would have it, and other historians, that the movements of the apostles were not limited to the Roman world, they extended even beyond that. Now, Luke narrated that Christ himself explained to his disciples that the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead, which was according to the law, the prophets and the Psalms. He ordered them, it's a direct instruction, he ordered the apostles to be his witnesses. Because they were. They saw him live, die, and rise again. He, They heard his teachings. They were witnesses of those things, and they were to proclaim what they witnessed. And at the end, he would say to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And again, we've discussed this, and you can find that in Luke 24, verses 44, to 49, the disciples would ask about the restoration. And this is what we've read in chapter one, the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. But the Lord would admonish them. It was not their place to know what the father had said. Their place would be to wait on the promise of the spirit and then to be his witnesses. Let's read verses 6 and 7. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He then said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority now even though jesus explained that their duty was to declare and be a witness declare their witness and to proclaim repentance even though that was very clear in luke 24 the disciples were still concerned about their own nation and the prophecies related to their nation because in the old testament we know that They had the golden years in David and Solomon, but after many years of disobedience, the warning that Moses gave them through the law of Moses, that if they disobey God and follow other gods, other idols, that he would scatter them and God fulfilled the consequence because that was his word. He was forgiving them year after year, decade after decade, one king after another king. His patience was there as long as they repented. But there was a particular time that was enough. So he used Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler of Babylon, to invade Judah, and they were scattered, but they, some of them went back in trickles through the Persian Empire, the next superpower, and then the Roman Empire allowed them to exist, but yet they were not ruling their own kingdom. Yet the prophecies revealed that the son of David, the Messiah, will one day rule the earth. However, Daniel 7's prophecy is for eternity. So they were thinking, is it now? They were concerned about their nation and the prophecy. Is it now? Can you imagine some of them, even though they, it was told them, you're going to go away very far here, there, and uh, farthest you can go, proclaim the witness of the gospel. Yet, yeah, Deep in heart, in their heart, they were concerned with the prophecies. No, the Lord explained to them, No, it's not for you to know what the Father has said. No, you know that the Lord did not want them to focus on these prophecies, even though it was important for every Israelite, for every Jew. Although it was important for them, they would not rule their own nation. Yet, the consequences of their disobedience would last farther. When were they restored? May 15, 1948. Imagine how long. That's why, friends, uh, we love God and we know He is love, yet He is just. And that's why we should fear Him. Don't test Him. Don't go to the limit of He says, do not do this and then play around there or even cross the line. Why, if we know the God of the Scriptures as much as He is so gracious in Christ, He can give really long-term consequences. That's just what we read. Do we love God? Say amen. Amen. Do we fear God? Let us not forget that part. It's not for you to know times or seasons of these seasons, but focus on this. Now, what's our application? There are many things that the Father has set by his authority, which include the restoration of Israel. And you know what? For us today, what do so many believers today look at to just fancy themselves or to amuse themselves or out of ignorance? They try to predict the second coming of Christ or the end of the world. Have you heard that? It's the end of the world. There's a war in Israel for crying out loud. Have you read the Bible, how many wars they've had? Again and again and again and again and again and again, it's like the normal thing for them. They're at war with their neighbors since, since they set foot in Canaan or since Joshua took Canaan. And some would say, it's not for us to know times or seasons. So. As your pastor and you belong, if you belong to this church, my advice to us is to listen to what the Lord said. There are things, it is not our place to know what the Father has said. If He wants to reveal certain things, He will in His time, in His way, and that is not our problem, that is not our focus. The focus would be the next thing that the Lord would say to them. And that is what? To be His witnesses. What are you going to do if the Lord comes tomorrow? First of all, the Bible didn't, Jesus Himself said, nobody knows. So, if you say tomorrow, it's probably not tomorrow, okay? Next, what, were you, what are you going to do? Well, you have to just continue what the Lord has set you to do if we are obedient children. If you have not repented, then you have to repent. Our place, your place, my place, is what? To spread the apostles' witness to every nation, even to the farthest point. Our role is to follow the directive of the Lord to proclaim the witness of who He is from the Old Testament from Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, and the New Testament. Have you heard any prophecies lately? Sure, listen, be amused. You might use it for your fiction novel that you're writing. You know, some new Christian, you know where they start? They said, read your Bible, chapter by chapter, okay? Some of them start in Revelations 1. And they said, it's scary. Uh, Why did you start there? Well, it's so interesting. It, It takes a little more study than just reading. You have to understand also the complexities of the style of writing then. Not everything is literal in Revelation. Some of them is purely symbolic. And there are different views. One is there are certain things in Revelations that already took place during the writing of John. And there are things that are about to happen. Now, which is which? Well, I find comfort in the Lord's instruction. It's not for me to know. You want to study Revelations? It's great. It's the Bible. We have to study it but to push it so much to the point that some dare predict. When I was young, still young, I'm talking about 18 young, not too long ago, that's relative. I read a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Would Come on September 1988. immediately I thought it was crazy. Ha, ha, but wait. A lot of people I know actually believed it. Then year 2000's coming, it's the end of the world. There's what they call a millennium bug. Get a pesticide to kill the bug. Yet many that I know, not many, a few, a few, a few because I started shutting my ears. Have you stored up? What do you mean store up? Buy groceries. Because a time of persecution has come. I said, it's already here, just not here in this nation. It's already happening around the world, worse than we think. Uh, What are you talking about? And then, blurted about their interpretation of prophecies. Of course, we didn't buy as many supplies we would buy supplies it's good to buy supplies for three months because of stuff like what uh, china invading us no it's not going to happen hopefully uh, because once upon a time japan said we're not going to invade you okay (laughs) but they invaded us all right so you you hear these things but there are things you prepare for but please may it never be because you were misled by a false prophecy now, what should be the focus? For the apostles then, it was the Holy Spirit, and to be a witness. Uh, take note, before this time, during the time of writing, although the Holy Spirit worked in the world then with different people, it, was, it did not, God did not give the Holy Spirit to everyone who had faith in the Old Testament. There are many people who had faith. Abraham, etc., But not like what it's going to happen that the, everybody becomes a royal priesthood with the Holy Spirit. So in the chronology, Jesus said, you'll read it as in John, I'm going away, but you won't be alone because I'll send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. I'll send them. Verse eight, let's read that. But you will receive power, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Another translation says the remotest parts of the earth. What was the role of the apostles during that time was to wait because the Holy Spirit has not been given to the believers on an individual basis. You wait. And after that time, the Holy Spirit has been with every believer. Now, I'm not here. If you want to talk theological about the Holy Spirit and different views, I'd like you to study it context by context and make sure that what you see in the narratives are also confirmed by the epistles. What am I saying? When Jesus said, proclaim repentance, the book of Acts, the apostles proclaim repentance. And you see in the epistles proclaim repentance. So there's that unity of thought from the narrative of the life of Jesus, the life of the apostles with the Holy Spirit, and the explanation of the apostles in terms of what is important. Now, I don't read any apostle in the New Testament saying in the epistles, keep waiting, don't even share the gospel, not even once until you experience a second fantastic experience. That's the only time you can share. I'm not talking to everybody here, only to those who have extra baggages. But the Holy Spirit, as we believe, we are sealed by the Spirit. Now, some even debate silly things. Is there a difference by empowering, in filling, in dwelling? So uh, let me ask you, the Bible said I am in Christ. But the Bible also said, Christ is in me, which is true, which is correct. What's the difference? What's the the difference? I'm in Christ and Christ in me. Sometimes it's the usage of words that we must be careful. That's how to study. You're sitting down, right? You're sitting down. How else can I describe you? you're listening in church, most likely you're seated down. You're lying down, you're sleeping, most likely it's the same thing, but not always. And again, here, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and they did receive power. Wow, if you look at the book of Acts, the kind of miracles they had was like miracle type, like Jesus Christ miracle, and sometimes even more fantastic. Can you imagine Peter's shadow? Just the shadow, okay? And people would get healed. Amazing, right? Okay. Um, At times, at very far, Paul couldn't go there, so he prayed for their handkerchiefs and, and people were healed. However, if you look at the epistles again and again, that was not the emphasis. It was needed during that time, like the Jesus Christ impact when He healed, Jesus wanted them to have that same impact. And what about today? Yes, from time to time we believe God can heal if He wants. However, I encourage you to have a healthy skepticism. Because somebody said, God healed me. Okay, show me the x-ray. It does happen. I know somebody who has advanced tuberculosis before. People have been praying for her for months. And then doctors said, it's quite advanced. Then went to the x-ray, it was clear. So, praise God. And doctors said that that is a miracle. Yet there are false miracles that we are warned in scripture. And today there are many false miracles. Especially in televangelists, and after they do the miracle, pray for you for the miracle, they ask for your money, right? Don't be gullible, all right? Don't be gullible. The Lord Jesus promised that the apostles would receive power when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Although the Spirit, again, has been active in the world, he has not yet come upon all, all who have faith. And that's the difference between you and all. The whole nation could at time have faith in God, but here, every single believer. And that is the beauty of the promise. It's something we will discuss in John, as we reach chapter 16 and, and, and that part. The Lord Jesus expected the disciples to become his witnesses from place to place, starting from Jerusalem and to the farthest point they could reach. And after they have died, they passed on that mission to those that they discipled, and then another generation would die, and another set would still go around the world, and then another set would go around the world until it reached us here, and we are here. And our role, God's will for you and me It's to proclaim the witness of the apostles. Okay, it's not just to provide for our family. That's important, but it's not just that. I mean, we're here to do some work for the family business. Oh, what's family? Because God is our Father, right? What's the family business? It's not necessarily money. No, it's not money. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, making disciples, and sometimes we lose that. Why? Because we're busy living life on earth. We've been convinced about living your best life now. You know, that's a book. That's actually a book by a preacher. And then another preacher, I think it was John MacArthur, said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, if, if, well, let me paraphrase and say it to you. If Christ is not the center of your life, you will have your best life now because in the afterlife, the best life of a believer is when we meet the Lord, okay? Sure, let's work at what God has given us. Let's bless our families through our hard work. But let's not forget, we are not here just to enjoy life. We are here for what purpose? And that is to spread the witness of the apostles. They saw him live, they saw him die, they saw him rise again. And the Lord Jesus talked to them about himself from the Old Testament. And that's where we have the New Testament. I mean, can you imagine the explanation of Hebrews? It's really about the law of Moses and Christ. Can you imagine some parts of Matthew about the king to come, speaking about prophecies about the Christ to come? And Paul in his scholarly way of writing has explained. Sometimes he's hard to understand, but the more we study sooner or later things, as you saw him go into heaven." Now, it says here men, but we know that as descriptions, angels were described as men in the Old Testament. Yeah, they're angels with, with wings, okay? That's in Scripture too. In fact, three pairs. Uh, the seraphims in Isaiah 6, and you'll find also in Revelations. but. There were a lot of instances that they looked like men. So third point is the ascension. After giving His final instructions, the Lord Jesus Christ ascended until the clouds hid Him. Aside from witnessing the resurrection, the apostles witnessed the ascension. But they would not be left alone because of the promise of the Spirit. Now even though Christ has ascended, I don't know, it seemed to be like, you know, Come on, we thought you were dead and now you're alive. We're so happy. And then you say, you're gonna leave again? <laughs> I'm just imagining this conversation. I'm not saying it, took, it really happened, but it might have happened uh, that Jesus would say, didn't I tell you that I'll, I will go, but I'm not really leaving you alone. I'll be with you till the end. And at first, oh, come on, man. You're just making me feel good, right? It's just like those friends going away, don't worry, there's always Zoom <laughs> and there's always, it's different and you're so sad because you're going away. I mean, is Jesus just trying to make us feel good? No, He, he really will keep his from because, because when the Holy Spirit comes, as if they're speaking to Him in a very personal manner. And in that we treasure because that is a promise to His children. Not to everyone, that doesn't include false believers. False believers are sometimes trained to be emotional, but not really making that repentance and faith towards Christ. But they know how to act Christian. They know how to sing the Christian songs. They attend church. But their heart has no heart to obey. And you know, that's one sign that truly He has saved you, is He writes His laws in your mind and in your heart. And therefore, there's a desire. He gives us a new heart. And the new heart, you know, you have been changed. And you didn't change it because you just had more self-discipline. No, you were changed because it was the work of the Holy Spirit. The desires change, priorities change. Sometimes even the language changes. Oh, I'm not saying it will be perfect, but you know, deep inside something has happened. Therefore, we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ ascended and is seated at the Father's right hand. We'll find that in the epistles. Moreover, we believe He will return the same way He left. Well, he was, He's coming down. I don't know when, don't ask me. All right. If you think you know, and you have a prophecy, <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. Okay. After listening to the sermon, okay? he will come back, but it is not for us to know things. The father has said, his ascension should also give us confidence that he is indeed God, confidence to proclaim the gospel. And we believe that we are not alone because the Spirit is with us. And he promised, I'll be with you till the end. We believe we are not alone. Christ is with us, but we must fulfill the role. Please say this with me. I should know my place. You know that's very important? In everything. uh, That's why we have protocols. Know your place when you're in front of, when you're in the courtroom, know your place. When you're in a family gathering, know your place. When we're in church, we know our place. When we are in front of our parents or grandparents, we should know our place. In the company, we should know our place. We should know our roles. As believers, yes, we are children of God. But you've got work to do. You and I have work to do. Because somehow a picture has been painted about Christianity that he's just I'm a Christian, and his role is just to bless me. To make me feel better. To take care of me when I'm down. And that's a the picture that has been planted in the minds of so many, and I'm not against that. I believe as we seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto us. I believe his spirit comforts us. I believe in all those things, but it cannot be incomplete. Cannot be incomplete. If you're a member of our community here, we take this seriously. We enjoy the fellowship, but cannot be just you and me forever till we die, right? I mean, that would be so boring, huh? I'm not again, no, no, friends are not boring, but you know, but once people are come to the Lord and they grow in Christ and they surrender the sovereign lordship of Jesus, and they fall in love with Scripture and they learn to love and fear God, that gives us joy. Why? Because we're doing our little part. We have work to do, brothers and sisters. Let's not just think about the benefits of Christianity, the benefits of church life, but also what is my part in the kingdom? And some are looking for something very specific. Sure, sure, pray about something very specific, but these things are revealed already. As we keep being a witness, we're already doing the will of God. And whatever specific things you're searching for, I believe He will unfold in His way and in His time. Highlights of the chapter, number one, the Lord Jesus Christ clarified that it was not our place to know times or seasons about prophesied events. The Father will fulfill all according to His decree in His way and in His time. Therefore, let us not waste time figuring out prophetic events. We just have to know them. Instead, let us fulfill our role to spread the witness of the apostles. Number two, through the Holy Spirit, every believer must share the witness of the apostles, which was what? His suffering, death, and resurrection, plus repentance for the forgiveness of sins. My problem with some modern day how to evangelize sessions is, the emphasis is not the direct command of Jesus. The direct command of Jesus was to tell the disciples, you are witnesses of these things. He's suffering death and resurrection. That the Old Testament foretold that this would happen, that he was indeed the Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God. And what? And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed. There was a... How, That's crystal clear from Jesus himself. Yet we try to spin around something easy. Let's make it easier, okay, how to share the gospel. I'm not against these things because I've used these things. As long as you end up with the explanation of the death and resurrection and and the significance of it, and you ended up with what? Repent of your sin and believe in him. If we end there, you've preached the gospel. Don't muddle it with so many things. But some, some, some opening lines are effective, but it gets you in trouble. You know, the, the opening line I learned is, if you die now, where will you go? Sometimes it got me in trouble, okay? Yeah, because my, my uncle was sick. I said, I want to share the gospel. He's sick and very old. So I asked him, if you die now, <laughs> I got in trouble, okay? I mean, uh, it was just so unethical for me. (laughs) But that's what I learned. But there are other worse things that they teach us. Forgive me, I hope I don't offend you. God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for you, period. No, it's not period. If you believe, the eternal plan is good. But how about the opposite, if you don't believe the eternal plan is suffering forever. Where's that? Where's that? Uh, Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all perish. That's from His words. But we don't want that because we want it easier. Through the Holy Spirit, we must proclaim. Number three, the apostles witnessed Christ's ascension to heaven, and they were assured that he would return someday. His ascension should give us confidence to fulfill our role, knowing he is high above, upon all authority, and he will return. We have the assurance as well of his promise, and the Holy Spirit is with us. So what is more important for us? Well, oh. Is the work of God important for us to be a witness? We, we should be a witness while solving our personal problems at the same time. No, you, you say, uh, yeah, I'll have time to proclaim the gospel after I solve my problems. Uh, let me give you some bad news. Problems just change. They're persistent. Gee, my problem last year is gone. I have a new one today. And every now and then, problems will come. Ah, And if you ask prayer from me, Lord or Pastor, just pray that all my problems will go away. I said, are you ready to die? Because that's the answer to your prayer, that all your problems go away. And that only happens if you're dead. Even if you're retired and you have no more obligations, what's the new problem? If you sleep in the wrong way, your back aches, right? Now that's still a problem. And you think you have no more obligations. Nah, 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 nah. And all your children telling you to take care of yourself. Ah, never ends. So what are you are going to do? Until you solve all your issues and your problems, that's the only time you're going to serve the Lord. Oh, gee. That's a wrong way
0: of thinking.
1: Let me give you a piece of poetry so we end with a smile. (laughs) To the Ends of the Earth is the title of today's poem. Stay focused on the task at hand. Let's refer back to His command. They were witnesses, so are we. Listen, it's the Father's decree. They all waited for the promise, promise of the Spirit, that is. They would then speak what they witnessed with all their hearts, they expressed it. Scripture spoke about the Spirit as well as the Christ of David. Was prophesied to resurrect, it's not something they would expect. Stay away from speculations, focus on the resurrection. Certain events, times and seasons, not for us, and there are reasons. In Him, we must know our place, gospel to every tribe and race. That is our place. That is our role. In doing it, we are made whole. Therefore, to the ends of the earth, by grace, we understand the worth of every tribe and every race, generations in every place. Let's all rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thou art good and Thou art great, and we are reminded as the Apostles were thinking about or asking about something very important about their nation and about prophecy. Although that was so important for them, yet you taught them what their focus should be. And although today the main issue is not about when will you restore the kingdom to Israel or their nation to themselves and some of us are concerned about when will you return or the end of the world or to micro matters about our personal lives which is so small compared to the grand plan that you have and we go in circles our thoughts are everywhere and forgive us our thoughts are everywhere except this but teach us to make the work of the kingdom deeply personal for us and may we do it for your glory not for ourselves not for fame not for recognition but for you alone Because that's what you want. Before you left, that's what you commanded. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. And renew in our hearts the desire to spread the witness of the apostles. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen.